we're taught constantly to like strive and move and progress and, you know, reach and kind of constantly be looking for the next thing. And that actually when you consciously make a decision to enjoy and acknowledge the smaller things, all of that stuff, it comes easier. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today's guest is a TV presenter and broadcaster. She is one of Ireland's favourite female celebs and she was named by The Times as one of the top 10 Irish people that you need to follow on Instagram. Woo! She has been featured in Vogue, Sunday Time Style, Red Magazine and was previously a weekly columnist at Marie Claire. Most recently, you've probably seen her presenting alongside Matt Baker on BBC The One Show. Welcome to the studio. Angela Scanlon. Can I bring you everywhere? <laughs> yes. That was glorious. Thanks, Faith. Oh, you're um, so welcome. Lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you. I'm so happy, Angela, to have you here. And it has very been happy to so be long since I last saw you. It's been a long time. A couple of years, I think. Yeah. You've been very busy. We were, where were we? Somewhere east as well. Mm-hmm. And we did... Um, it was you and AJ. Yes, we did the networking event yeah. to get to know. And since then, mm-hmm. as I said, you've been very busy and you've I was become secretly a mama. up the door. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, hi, I'm just, I'm not drinking. I'm really busy at the moment. I'm also wearing a really big coat because it's freezing. No, it's not. We're all sweating buckets. So yeah, I have, yep, yeah, I have a small human in my yeah, life now. Congratulations. Yeah, it's cool. There's so many Slash things. Hardcore. I mean, right? We're, we're going <laughs> to get into that. conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things, Angela, and I know that you love to talk I love to talk Mm -hmm. so let's get into it I mentioned in the intro that you were named a must follow on Instagram Mm. and I mean I would like to publicly publicly concur because you are one of my favourite people to follow great outfits and great banter so uh, I had a quick scroll through and I thought for anyone listening who may not follow you on Instagram I mean you need to then I thought I'd share one of my favourites that could give people a sense of what I'm talking about Okay. (laughs) so you posted if at first you don't succeed try drinking a glass of wine you'll be amazed at how much less you can. <laughs> I loved True. It. I loved it. And I thought it kind of, it just seems to me that you don't take yourself too seriously. And it's really refreshing, I think, when it comes to, you know, women and how we are, the pressures that we have, all of mm-hmm. us, especially working women. And it's kind of, you know, we're trying to do all of the things, all of the time, all of the jobs and make it look easy. Yeah. So have you always had this laid back, fun attitude to life? Mm, maybe like as a kid I think I was definitely quite you know giddy and lively there were a few dark years in the teenage years and I think I kind of go between being quite um quite positive I suppose and and then really wallowing in the depths and that used to 
really freak me out because in my head and I think to most people I'm like quite a happy um, happy person and then there would I, I kind of operate at a rate that's pretty high like I have a lot of energy and I go 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 and I do everything and I say yes to everything and I kind of you know yeah it's quite intense <laughs> to I be around I'm I sure. can relate yeah but which and I love that but what I never realised was that the the sacrifice, I suppose, or the downside to that is is a slight crash. And I'm learning as I get older to to um, try and balance that a little bit more because I used to think, oh my god, I think maybe I'm falling apart. But actually, it was just that operating at 120 percent, which I know is not an actual thing. Um, yeah, there, there's you literally need to recharge your batteries, and that used to kind of the the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows used to really upset me. Um, and now I kind of enjoy it and embrace that, uh, and I'm not so afraid of it anymore because obviously I know I'll come out of those like slightly darker times, and that I guess that that is what allows me to then operate at full throttle and I think when I'm in that zone I feel really invincible and I get a lot of shit done and mm-hmm. and life feels uh, everything feels bigger and I think that's in the in a way I feel everything intensely mm-hmm. and so good in, and bad good and bad and what I previously didn't want was I wanted to feel all the excitement all of the energy all of the good stuff but I wanted to lock down and cut off any of the negative stuff and and I'm kind of learning to accept that both about myself but also negative stuff that happens I'm like cool it's part of life it's not the end of the world it doesn't define you so balance is what I'm striving for I mean aren't we yeah. all aren't mm, we all yeah. and you mentioned saying a little bit about when you were younger you know mm. and I know that you are one of four sisters yeah so yeah. What, well firstly what was that like and are you where do you sit in that in terms of oldest middle youngest so four yeah four girls Christine who's the eldest then me then Siobhan then Annette so, so you're the second one second from the top um, 18 months between us then three years between myself and, and Siobhan and then Irish twins at the bottom <gasps> Wow. 11 months okay. between my two youngest sisters. So at one point we were four under six maybe Yikes. for my mum, which mother, is like... Your mother. Well, the reason I ask you is because apparently a lot of our personality traits and our behaviours are dictated by where we fit in the order of siblings. So mm-hmm. apparently if you, for example, if you're one of the eldest of four or five, then... Um, often you take on more responsibility and then later in life you may be more um, risk averse whereas apparently if you are a younger sibling and you're in a big family then you have always literally got people there to like pick, pick you, you up, up. etc so when you're an adult you're more tone apparently more um, prone to yeah taking risks and also being rebellious Mm, okay. What do you think? Does it fit? Uh, the rebellion bit absolutely. Yeah. So as an as someone older or like as one of the elder siblings, mm-hmm. I would tend to be more rebellious. Is that the theory? Oh no, apparently it's the other way. But, oh, well, okay. no, but you fit as middle child because your two younger siblings are, are twins. Middle children No, are pa- they're not twins. They're Irish twins, oh. which means basically there's 11 months between oh, them. Oh, they're born in the same year. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. well apparently middle child, which is you, yeah. they apparently are more, uh, not more, but very ambitious, yeah. very driven mm-hmm. and apparently you have to fight. I mean, I'm one of four, so I can and really. And where are you in the lineup? Second. Okay. So apparently 
apparently you have to fight for attention, yeah. which is why I'm so loud. Hey, jazz hands, girl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you learn very young that that's your... Because like, you're not the top, you're not yeah. the bottom. You're kind of like left in the middle to totally. just get on with it. Yeah, and, and I think also because you've never been, you know, the sole focus as like an only kid for whatever period of time that might be. You're also not the youngest for very long. And so you just have to get on with it like there's a lot less pictures of me around um, but not I, anymore yeah. hey mama back at you um, but no I definitely think um, I, I definitely think I'm more I'm quite rebe- rebellious I think I am much more of a risk taker than than yeah my sister is probably certainly my older sister and I, do, I don't like authority which maybe sits into that rebellion thing mm. I kind of feel really um, smothered by authority and obligation and stuff which I mean I was thinking about ahead of our chat about the power hour and that idea that I, I kind of crave to a slightly unhealthy extent freedom and I kind of place that um, above most other things sometimes mm. to my detriment but yeah rebellion for sure. And do you think that being one of four um, helped you to become more confident? I think it's always a bit of a battle um, particularly maybe because we're the same gender so the, the roles are kind of especially back in the day an Irish family or four girls like first of all I didn't really know the difference between boys and girls you know we were kind of you know in a way if you're if from a mixed family then the boys again back in the 80s would have had very specific roles sure. boys do this girls do that and I see it play out even still with my nieces and nephews and um because we didn't have brothers, we didn't believe there was anything we weren't allowed to do that wasn't kind of... The girl's thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that was a really positive thing. But there's also, yeah, kind of, there's a lot of competition, which I didn't really acknowledge until recently. Because um, I thought we were, were all very different in what we like. But, but we probably all had to fight very hard to etch out these very different personas in order to like just breathe yeah, and sure. be seen a bit. Um, but I, I do like the noise of a big family mm. um, and the rows <laughs> and the passive aggression. <laughs> That's what I mean by confidence. I think when you go into, for example, like a school environment or a work mm. environment, you know, yeah. learning to be with different people and communicate with them. And, you know, exactly. I think having, um, yeah, having siblings, I think you learn to do that maybe subconsciously, you know, yeah. growing up. And I think those Skills. You learn to be heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And yeah. to and to shout. And I definitely think, you know, more and more, uh, you know, in situations where it, they're very male, it, it it never occurs to me that I'm not allowed to, to have a voice in those situations. And and I, I do think that's kind of ignorance to a point in that because it was a family of four girls, very dominant mum, like, you know, as in the women, you know, my dad used to say, blessed am I amongst women. And it was like this kind of slight shudder. Five women in his house. Like, and, you know, none of us are wallflowers. And so the poor man, I mean, I don't know how he's still hanging in there. But he, yeah, so I, I think that has definitely allowed me to go think of people as people rather than as yeah genders and the things that they're given permission to do I suppose it's kind of like yeah of course we why what yeah that's great that's great super interesting Mm. and so talking about your career now so you like I said mentioned you know we know you from TV but before TV you were a journalist and a stylist I read I was like this is why she has incredible impeccable style Mm, Um, but you so you've had a diverse career journey so was that intentional no okay Um, no it was out of desperation (laughs) it was 
so like back again back in the day I was I was very aimless and I was I kind of always knew I feel like I'm I'm supposed to do something big and I think I'm going to be really successful I just had literally no idea what that was going to be or where I was going to channel it and so I I studied business because one of my pals was studying business and I quite fancied myself as a CEO. And I remember my my parents asking what I wanted to be when I grew up and I would say, I want to be a businesswoman in a turquoise convertible with my hair blowing in the wind. Very specific. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. And stylish. Uh, yeah. So that was my, my kind of vision in my head but I I had no interest I did Irish dancing and I danced for a very long time my whole world revolved around that and so school although I was pretty good at school kind of accidentally academic I don't know um, I yeah I it was never really wildly interesting to me and this kind of idea of going to uni was like it was just a bit of a hindrance I wanted to dance I wanted to be on stage and and then I had an ankle injury and my parents were like, you're not like, that's not a thing you're going to do. Quite conservative. You need to go to university. You need something to fall back on mm. the usual stuff. So I was like, fine, I'll just go and do this business uh, business degree. Mm, I went and did that, then kind of fell into fashion from there, I suppose. Um, I, w- I went away traveling again with the idea that I was going to come home and open up a boutique and like a uh, an empire eventually and and then I started working as a stylist accidentally I, were, I set up a market stall actually okay. um, where, where was this? this was in Dublin yeah. so kind of equivalent of, of Spitalfields let's mm-hmm. say and and I worked there selling handbags and selling things that I found in different charity shops that you know I knew that I had a pretty good eye and so I flogged stuff there and then through there met loads of of really great people and I started assisting a woman who was a personal shopper and kind of got into it that way and that's how telly came about and it was I was getting not that I was getting bored of fashion but I knew I was never going to be like I have a friend Celestine Cooney who's an unbelievable stylist and I was really aware of her work and I I remember looking and going I'm like I'm not that good I'm never going to be that good and so I thought that I knew where my level was and I was like, I don't know if I want to be doing this forever, whether it was personal personal shopping or more commercial styling. And then I did some TV stuff and the horror at, at how different it was every time really excited me. And the so fact did TV stuff in which sense presenting? Presenting, but, you know, in a fashion capacity. So they're okay. like, oh, this chick in this shopping centre, mm-hmm. you know, she could talk about what Gwyneth wore to the Oscars. And sure. that's how it started. And then I kind of took an interest. I was like, actually, this feels quite, it, it felt quite natural and exhilarating and a bit terrifying. It was and performer in you coming out. Totally. Yeah. And because I had danced live for years, I didn't realise, but there's a, a kind of switch that you know I just know that you you have to operate and it doesn't matter what happens or what goes on around you. And even still to this day, it's the biggest appeal for me is when when shit goes wrong. Really? On live telly is where I, yeah, it's it's my favourite. You know, it's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing it on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, but actually when stuff doesn't go exactly to plan, that's when I, I really excites me. But anyway... That was fashion and and that was how telly came about. And then I realised that I didn't just want to do uh, fashion stuff. I, I would have conversations. People would be like, what what, do, what should I wear this season? And I was like, honestly, couldn't give a, sh- couldn't give a monkeys. <laughs> wear what you love. I don't care. And so I then realised that my interest was in, in humans, not clothes. And so started pitching documentaries. And that's where I started and really 
that's where my kind of heart lies in terms of of telly and so what I'm back working on on doing now is docs and um, you know podcast that I've just launched to a degree is is about you know getting back into that as well. Yeah, I saw that. So tell mm. us a little bit about that, and then I'm going to jump back in. But yeah, tell us about the podcast. Um, what's the intention behind it, and when? And it's just launched. It has just launched. Yeah, so it's called Thanks a Million, which is a very Irish saying. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Um, I, th- I feel like we say it a lot, but I don't know that we always feel it. We're quite pessimistic bunch in a funny way. Okay. And so I have got to work very hard or have had to. It's kind of become a bit of a muscle now, but I definitely had to work really hard on seeing what I have um, and appreciating what I have and not looking around. I think that kind of, you know, pervasive culture of um, comparison that mm-hmm. is everywhere has been since the dawn of time, but is now literally unescapable and unavoidable. And so... Um, yeah, gratitude is kind of one of those things that I've come back to time and time again that I'm like, hey, it's cheap. Um, It's easy. Uh, It's free, actually. But it's, um, yeah, it's just that kind of very quantifiable thing that immediately shifts your mindset. And for me, that was kind of, I noticed myself having conversations with friends going, have you tried this if they were in a bad spot? And they're like, okay, yeah, fine, I'll try it. It sounds a bit fluffy, but actually those kind of, moments of thank you and that's what informed the this is basically me chatting to brilliant people about the the big thank yous in their lives um yeah so that it's been amazing yeah um, it's pretty cool it's right up my street i'm all about yeah exactly gratitude and taking stock of what you do have it's, it's fine to you know be ambitious and want totally. more but i think when you do as you said you know look at what you have the big things and the small things yeah. it's such a game changer for your your mindset your your outlook your mm-hmm. energy it but, and also without getting too cuckoo but like your alignment and the flow and all of those different things and sometimes that sounds a bit weird but actually the the initial like the shift in your energy which allows all of those things to happen whereas if you're caught in this cycle of believing that you don't have that and she has that and he got that and what you have is never enough then what you get will never be enough anyway so it's kind of this really it's a selfish way for me to remind myself every day to like concentrate on my good shit rather than focus on stuff that's not there Mm-hmm. sounds yeah. brilliant uh, so I'm sure along the way you know listening to what you said about you know doing the different jobs and uh, you know the styling and then getting into TV and all of that you know no no one's career path is linear and you know mm-hmm. you said it wasn't intentional you've had lots of diversity so along the way I'm sure there's been many ups and many downs so is there any particular highs or lows that stand out to you that you can Remember and what did you learn from them? It's a low. Okay. <laughs> um, because actually I feel like it's really important. Again, you know, the quote that you said and you're really positive, all of those things. And I have recently um, found myself talking more openly about failures or perceived failures. And I think America likes having a bit of a melt at the moment, isn't it? But I think what they do really brilliantly is celebrate failure in people. Mm -hmm. It's kind of historically quite a masculine thing. He's like, oh, he's tried all of these things. And as women, you're only allowed to fail once and then it's proof that you weren't good enough. Mm. And I think increasingly we are being given permission, I suppose, to fail, which you have to do in order Mm -hmm. to, you know, build whatever you're planning to build. And so... I think it's really important to talk about failure. Also, for people sitting at home, you're like, oh, yeah, I think if it looks easy, that's sometimes a real deterrent for people because they're like, oh, maybe I'm just not good enough because it looks so easy for other people. And one of the big ones for me was I had just had my daughter. I'd come out of hospital. Two days, I was absolutely deranged. And... um, I yeah got a call to to tell me that um, 
a show that I worked on and that we were hoping was coming back had been axed. And it was this, I mean, I'm sure it coincided with like a drop in hormones or like a surge of hormones, whatever, that like baby blues period. Um, And sheer exhaustion. Two days after labour. I mean, come on. Yeah. And... And also, I think just fear. I think for so long, my whole identity was tied up in my work. That was how I presented myself to the world. That was what I talked about. It was like it was it was me. And I I kind of had sacrificed so much of my other stuff personally that I felt like without that, I kind of had nothing. And and it was just such a kick. And again, you're here with this brand new person. You're suddenly going, oh, hang on. Now I have this responsibility. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know if I can even do this. I'm used to being a very capable, competent, you know, confident woman. And now I feel like infantile and like I I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah, it was the biggest kick. And it was kind of that moment where you're sitting there going like bawling about this show that in, you know, the grand scheme of things isn't that big a deal, but feels pretty massive in the moment. And then looking at this little human and thinking um, that's probably more important. And so that when I look back, that because of that show being killed, I went back to work sooner than I had planned to go back. And only now do I really think that, and look, everyone makes different choices. You make them for different reasons and for, because of circumstances at the time and because of your capacity at the time. But I, I went back to work too early and I think now I look back and think, oh God, I, I want to go back and like hug my, you know, brand new mother self and kind of, um, yeah, give her advice that I might have given my mm. mate, which yeah. I wasn't very kind to myself, I think. Mm. And there was this kind of relentless um, uh, push, I suppose. And this and, and fear, a lot of it was kind of born out of fear of taking my foot off the pedal or this sense that I'd suddenly be forgotten or that uh, people would think I was a mother and therefore I was not serious about work anymore mm. and all of these different things. And... Yeah, I do have. And, you know, I'm lucky enough in my job, I can go back, I can work and then I can take some time off and you flit in and out. But actually that, um, yeah, that time, that kind of failure of the axing of the show was a was a blessing in a funny way because it kind of, the knock-on effect was quite significant, but actually it was a real wake-up call for me mm. um, and has really changed how I how I approach a lot of things and how I look after myself as well well that's a great thing mm. to come out of it I mean there's so many things then that you're talking of saying that I'm kind of thinking oh my goodness so many women will relate to that especially yeah. I think women who you know if they've got a career that they've as you said it can define you and that's not always you know it's not a it's not a good thing but it's not always a bad thing you know mm-hmm. I think lots of things define us even friends who maybe if they're not in the creative space or in media even if they're a teacher or a nurse yeah. or whatever people do you know feel defined by you know their career what they do um, what they've achieved and I think often for women when you do become a mum you know there's so much pressure to feel like this is great I'm loving it I'm loving mum life and it's yeah. like yeah you can be loving it but you can also have this huge identity crisis mm-hmm. that's like who am I now like I remember being called Jude's mum and I remember for the first like first year maybe first 18 months just being like Jude's mum Jude's mum Jude's mum and I was so happy to be Jude's mum and you know that's it was amazing I was so happy and grateful to be a Mm mum but I also remember having a time where I was like I'm also 
Adrienne. Like I still have a name, a and name. I still have a, a, a you know a, a role outside of yeah, yeah, and a and a brain that wants to talk about different things, and I'm still interested in different things. And yeah, I think with the career thing, and you know, as you said, going back to work, you said too early, but at the mm-hmm. time, you probably felt like no, 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 like every, no one. I've like, got to go. It never yeah. stops. And as you said, feeling like the the world is going to forget you because you're yeah. now disappeared as a mum and mm-hmm. it's interesting when you look back I'm sure in hindsight it's like the time goes so quickly so quick that people can say to you oh I'm going travelling for a year and then before you know it they're back yeah. and you're like oh how was your what? trip around the world you oh. know a year's just gone totally. so you can take a year out and look after mm-hmm. your child and when you come back everything's the same same people same places everything's still happening yeah and I also think that you know aside from motherhood I think it's re- you know and I'm sure you listened to Tim Ferriss my husband's obsessed with him mm-hmm. and he talks about these I think it's like mini retirement So this idea that we all wait until basically we're kind of unfit to go and enjoy the things that we have worked our lives to do. So he does these mini retirements. And I love that idea of sometimes in a way, motherhood or parenthood is the only excuse for want of a better term or the the reason that you would take some time out of real life. Uh, Not that it's an easy job, like obviously that goes without saying. But um, I kind of like the idea of whatever stage of life you're at, allowing yourself to go, you know what? I'm going to head off, Mm. you know, for a few months and realise that actually a year or three months goes pretty quickly. Yeah, it does. And And you can slot back in pretty easy too. Yeah, you can always come back. And so I did actually want to ask you, and we've gone into, you know, motherhood. It's a perfect segue. Mm -hmm. But I guess just how that changed the game for you in terms of, yeah, both personal and professional. I know, you know, my son is eight now, but I think as a family, it's something that you have to navigate. It's personal for everyone. And it's not easy, especially when they're young. Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, it's 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 mental because I was I'm so independent. We talked about that idea that like that freedom, that obsession that I have with freedom and how I can very quickly feel kind of suffocated, whether that's by relationships or friendships. Sometimes I'm like, I really crave that connection, but I'm also like, oh, hang on a bit. Now. Yeah, hang back. I, I really value my independence. And suddenly... And I remember going back on the one show and Matt saying, welcome back and you've had a baby. And I was like, yeah. And he said, "How? how is the, how's the family? Which also is weird initially. And I said, yeah, 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 it's cool. She's fab. And I said, the weird thing is every day I wake up and she's there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said it jokingly, but I also was like, honestly, that is the most profound thing for me was mm. every day. I don't need an alarm clock anymore. And the realisation that every day, which, you know, obviously is a wonderful thing but can sometimes feel like it's overwhelming so overwhelming and so that kind of idea that oh I've had a really tough week and you know pre-baby you go it's fine I'm going to have a line and you realise that that's kind of not really an option or it has to be negotiated with a partner if you're lucky enough to have one and all of those different things and so it's um, yeah it's it's a balance but then I think what it has made me realise is that previously my, um, we talk about identity, my happiness, my sense of, um, my sense of achievement, my all my contentment kind of came from, and actually contentment is not the right word because it never really felt that way, but I had these kind of goals and things that I would strive for and which were all career related. And I would get there and I would kind of, you know, like tick it off a list and and not really feel very much. And I think having had a daughter and seeing the kind of excitement and those tiny little moments, and you mentioned it's those little moments that you're kind of happy for, 
they have she's definitely grounded me more and she's made me really kind of um yeah really present I suppose yeah yeah because you're looking I mean this morning she she came into the room and I was still in bed and I mean, she's 18 months. She didn't just like, she got a breakfast then she came in. Um, she, so she was waddling around the room and she started dancing around and she did the exact same thing yesterday morning. And the way that she presented it was like, this was a brand new thing. She hadn't quite realised she was able to do it. And it was just like the joy in her face at the moment. And she's not a great dancer, has to be said. But it is, it's, it's so gorgeous. Mm. And I think, yeah, it has definitely, the, the horror that I felt or the fear that I felt at, oh my God, I don't want my drive to diminish because I've had a baby, because I realised that there's more to life. In a way, I was afraid of that. And actually, it doesn't really do that. It mm. makes you, it makes you, you know, more focused and it makes you, more time I think, efficient. definitely more <laughs> yeah. time efficient. And enjoy, it certainly made me enjoy those wins a bit more than I had Mm. before. Yeah, I think the presence thing is spot on. Kids Mm. have no concept of time and I'm sure as she gets older, trust me, you're going (laughs) to see. They have no concept of time and it does allow you to be present because, you know, I remember taking Jude out when he was first walking and stuff and he would stop to pick up like a stick and you're like, okay, and then you go a bit further. Yeah, and then you pick up another stick Mm. and then you stop to like look at whatever and you kind of, you have to like not rush them but I'm used to rushing, you know, like fast pace, lots of things to do energy energy mm-hmm. so it does I think for me as well it taught me to be slower and more present and to go to see that when you see the world through a child's eyes every single experience is yeah. new even a supermarket is like a red pepper I this know. is a green pepper it's so slow we just go like pepper avocado go done done yeah. done yeah and and I think it sounds cliched and a bit that idea of seeing um, you know the world through a child's eyes but it's so bang on yeah. you know and um, yeah it's 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 cute. Yeah, it is. It's great. And so <laughs> yeah. you mentioned you don't have an alarm clock, which again mm. leads me on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, yeah. I'm going to talk to you about the power hour. You know, on the show, I love to find out about people's morning routines, mm-hmm. what gets them out of bed in the morning and what time and if they have like, you know, any mantras or, stru- or like kind of structure that gets them going for the day. And I've heard people talk about, you know, if they win that first hour, it sets them up, they win the day, you know, all of that. Yeah. So, Tim Ferriss, you know. Yeah. So, I'd love to know, do you have a morning routine? What time do you get up? And what's the first hour of your day all about? Ah. Oh. This is now a that you have one. an eighteen. I know. So, so she's the she's the alarm clock generally. But like then, you know, if I have long filming days or I'm on location, there's an early call time, and sometimes I'll have to sneak out before she's before she's awake. But yeah, is she an early right? Really she, early? She. 
uh, any time between half five and half six. Yeah, okay. So she's pretty. So early. she's yeah. she's punchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like joyful in the morning. She's yeah. not. Like, I mean, I feel like most babies are in the morning, aren't they? They're I morning think, creatures. Well, I don't know. No? I don't know. Okay. I think some mums would be like, no. Oh right. Okay. Little grizzle boss. But yeah. no, she she's quite jolly. Um, so yeah, she she wakes up. My husband is an early bird. Okay. So if he's up, but he's usually gone out of the house by half six. Okay. So if she's not up by then, um, I'm up. And um, what I've started to do is on the day, because if I'm filming, I'm kind of, I can be gone mm-hmm. for the day. So if I'm not gone and I'm there, I kind of have to try and impose this like slight holiday mode, right? So I... I, I take her into bed with me and we read stories and we have a little snug and then we go downstairs I have I make some coffee every morning she has porridge I'm kind of a bit funny about breakfast at the moment Are you doing are you in the intermittent fasting crew? Okay I have tried this mm-hmm. and my husband loves this and I have done it a bit um, but I'm very I'm, I'm, I'm quite faddy Well again this is the rebellion in you rebellion. so you're like I'm doing this now but if you tell me I can't I'm going to not Watch do that yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah. and so I kind of and sometimes that's a bit self-sabotaging because like <laughs> something is working and you're going oh no no sorry somebody's observed that I'm working I'm going to show them I can do something else so um, yeah but I do, what I try to do before I get out of bed when she's mooching because she's happily like you know twerping for a while twerping chirping twerking twerking (laughs) Um, and so I will um, yeah try to take a moment I've done I mean I've done transcendental meditation again 20 minutes twice a day is it's just too much I, I say it's too much it's absolutely not you can probably find the time I just don't but I do like lie in bed and I I run through things and mm-hmm. I kind of just remind myself I, I really like linen so I make sure that we've got really nice linen on the bed it's the first thing that I do I'm like oh my god thank you so much for these gorgeous sheets That's and nice. I'm yeah. slightly luxuriating that a bit and then yeah I go through stuff and I kind of what what I find works really well for me and I've only started doing this in the last number of months is similar to you I kind of I'm already racing through the things that I've got to do and it's only when I've come out of it that I realise oh yeah I didn't really I wasn't really there I was already at the next thing or I was there so I kind of try to think about what's you know what's coming up for the day and what I kind of want to get out of that and actually my like sole goal is to um, to get joy out of everything that I'm doing which again does not necessarily come naturally mm-hmm. my you know my I think default is to keep keep on looking, looking for the next, yeah. Looking, yes, to the point where I will find it really difficult to, yeah, enjoy the thing, even if it is the win. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of reminding myself that this is this is it. This is it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then I get out of bed. I kind of do like do you know belly breathing. There's nothing scientific about it but I like I touch my heart mm-hmm. and my tummy and yeah. I do some breathing and it's kind of like again just a reminder I'm, I can be pretty relentless on myself and so um, it's a kind of I don't know some sort of connection thing and a reminder to be like a bit nice to myself mm. um, and then yeah it's um, get Everything Ruby into the bed the- with me yeah Um and yeah, so whether I'm doing breakfast or whether I'm doing like filthy buttery scrambled eggs, porridge for her, we sit down, 
have a little chat. Um, I love hot yoga, but again, it depends on the day. Mm -hmm. I find that that brilliantly sets me up for yeah, a day. Yeah, I think if you do hot yoga, I mean, I oh, haven't actually done it for so long. It's but amazing. I think I used to do it maybe once a week, a bit cramp one. Yeah. And yeah, you come out with such, yeah, the energy. I think obviously, you know, the, the you're going through all these powerful postures, there's all yeah. this oxygen flowing through your body and it's quite intense. Yeah. And so I feel like when you come out of the studio and, you know, the fresh air hits you and you do feel like so invigorated. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and that sense of achievement. And if I can't do that, then I do the opposite of that, which is a freezing cold shower. There's do you? Are you yeah. cold shower therapy? as well. I love it. My so what's the dude um, at Wim Hof? Oh my God. I know. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I try to do that and I, I How just... How often do you do the cold shower? Um, as often as I... You're not the first guest to say that. Oh, and really? I, yeah, and basically, yeah, one guest, Jasmine Sawyer, she's an okay. Olympian and oh, she does the company. cold showers. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she um, she actually said it as the challenge and I tried to do it. I think I managed, okay. I can't do it every day. Yeah. I can't. Well, it does feel a little bit cruel to yourself, I think, mm. in the in the doing of it. But coming out of it, again, I feel like it's like a, with, well, how oh, my great things after. about exercise, you feel so invigorated and so amazing. And what was it? Like Tony Robbins, motion is emotion. And I feel like the actual... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. it's yeah, kind of. But also, you're Irish, and I feel like don't you like go in the sea and like mm. I feel like Irish people are just used to. I mean, cold water therapy is your life. Like totally. it's just basically walking outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like also the links between mental health and you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, th yeah, that apparently that kind of rush and what I challenge myself to because obviously immediately you go under a cold shower and you're like, <laughs> you get that breath, and so the the challenge is to slow your breath to control your breath so that you're breathing normally mm. in that um, freezing cold shower and yeah. that that's kind of where the magic happens so yeah, yeah that jolts me into reality I love, it. I love it it's probably w another reason that you look so glowing if you oh, could see this. Angela right now considering you know we're talking about having a young I've one I've just got an oily t-zone babe <laughs> no she's glowing she's got the glow up and I'm like with an 18 month old I mean how are you even washed and dressed and out of the house without I mean, some kind of like yeah you know Amazing. Barely. Amazing. Barely. Thank you so much. But we much. do have somebody to, that helps. Okay. And I think that's important to say on the th like idea that I'm literally full disclosure. I had a conversation <laughs> with someone and I'm like, actually, we do a disservice like as women to be like, oh yeah, me. Oh, I just do it all. And I have a husband who helps. No, we both work full time. Um, like, you know, Roy works for himself. So sometimes those hours are pretty grueling and unpredictable and long and unsociable. And there is no way that we could do it without a very angelic, Cockney called Michelle and Amazing. she um, literally keeps our lives together and I think that's really important to um, yeah I say like admit like it's a filthy little secret I think no I don't think it is yeah. and I think to be honest I think that it's the reality of you know two working parents in the mm. modern day because yeah. to be honest historically you know the whole it takes a, uh, a, village, a village to raise a child it totally. would be like the nanny and granddad and auntie and uncle or yeah. maybe sisters or there would be people to share that raising mm. that child and so I think because we've you know changed we've, we've all moved we've Living cities, yeah, I think yeah, it does, you know, yeah, support is support. And mm -hmm. essentially, you know, you work and you're showing an example of like mummy goes to work, daddy goes to work. Yeah. You know, I think it's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. So do you have, I was mentioning about the, the showers, do you have a challenge for our listeners this week? Something that they could potentially try in their morning, maybe about that, you know, slowing down if they're yeah. kind of go, go, go first thing. I don't know anything really that they could maybe try this week. Well, I guess maybe in the spirit of um, the podcast, mm -hmm. it's a, a gratitude list yeah. and a lot of people will do it at night and it kind of sets you up for the night I, I think um, yeah doing it in the morning just kind of when you're fresh 
when your energy is already um, pretty good when you have the day ahead of you and just kind That's of nice. reminding yourself of all of the good stuff and like you said it could be like really simple seemingly unimportant things um, or you know more profound things and I guess the key to it is and the science is that you know it's not just lashing down 10 things and kind of closing your book and heading off it's it's really like feeling those things and that's the kind of that's where the magic happens so mm. it's really you know taking the time and thinking about how much that thing means to you um so yeah I guess that's it mm. and it's easy yeah do you write it minutes. down or can you just say it in your in your head I, did, you I, I used to write it down um and there's different theories around this you know that actually the writing down whether it's like goals or or list that there's something that Committing kind of the yeah, words exactly yeah. um and I, and I think that's really important but yeah it depends I I now take time to do it whether that's in bed or whether it's in the shower or whether it's in the you know on a tube I think wherever you can do it mm. steal steal the time away but I think initially if you're trying to get into the habit of doing it um, yeah writing it down is, is a good way and also you can kind of look back over stuff and then if you want to get a bit trippy you can, you're appreciating things that you don't already have mm. or things that you've taken for granted for a long time yeah. when you don't have them mm-hmm. and actually this is jumping off the back of that I heard someone on another podcast the other day American one and it was amazing I'd heard people talk about list of gratitude but she said that her brother was very reluctant to do the gratitude thing and okay. she was like try it try it try it and he was just like ugh like writing down like oh I'm grateful for whatever and she yeah. was like come on I want you to try it and she said because I know you're not going to do it I want you to send me your gratitude 10 things on WhatsApp yeah. every day nice. and so she basically just said like forced him to do it and then eventually I think she said it was only like a week and he was literally like saying to her you know throughout his day he was spotting things going that's going to be on my list today that's going to be on my list today yeah. and he yeah he just just seven days yeah. he said like it really transformed like the headspace that he was in and I yeah. thought I don't think that would work for everyone depending on your personality type because it can yeah. be quite a private thing but for me personally like accountability is I, I like that I like and also I just love people and like communication the so for me, social yeah, side of that yeah I think that could be cool if yeah. you um if you want to yeah share it with another person or get them to share theirs with you totally and also I think you know and again in the podcast you kind of I'm I, like meet people from very different walks of life and it gives you a real perspective on things that you know people are thankful for and I think the key is not just being thankful for the brilliant things but it's actually really going I'm so thankful that that job got cancelled or I'm so actually I'm really thankful that you know my pal didn't come around today because it allowed me to have an extra hour to myself and properly you know allowing like just surrendering a little bit and knowing that all of the things that happen are kind of you know there's a, a bit of plan mm, yes, in action brilliant. it okay. feels a bit empowering to go yeah I'm happy with that even though it's in Not theory shit chose. but it's great yeah I love it yeah. thank you Angela and before I don't want this interview to end but before I ask you my closing question which is a biggie Ooh. could you tell us where we can find you online and and where we can find the new podcast um, everywhere, I guess. I'm not great at this bit, but What's yeah. What's the Instagram handle for those so, fashion goals? Oh, Instagram <laughs> handle is at Angela Scanlon. Angela, you'll figure out. Scanlon is a little trickier. S-C-A-N-L-O-N. I don't know why it's trickier, but there is a Scanlon, which is an A-N. But anyway, Scanlon. 
L-O-N, but say it like Scanlon, like L-A-N. Anyway, you get the message. <laughs> That's I'll on. tag it, guys. I'll tag it. <laughs> That's on, um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the works. And then the podcast is like on all the usual podcast places and it's called Thanks a Million or just search me, but then you'll find you. Um, so yeah, thanks a million. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Okay, my closing question. I told cool. you it's a biggie. It's all about time. I'm a little bit, as you mentioned about being obsessed with kind of the freedom, mm. I'm a little bit obsessed with possibility and transformation and change and the possibility of like what you could achieve in a week a day at 10 years you know yeah so i really appreciate you giving us an hour of your time today i know how valuable time is and i believe it's the most valuable thing we could give to another person so what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you i mean it slightly sounds like i'm repeating myself but I think it's that the small things are the big things and that we're taught constantly to like strive and move and progress and, you know, reach and kind of constantly be looking for the next thing. And that actually when you consciously make a decision to enjoy and acknowledge the smaller things, all of that stuff kind of... It it, it it comes easier. It's like the less you try in a funny way, the more, mm. you know, the more it comes and, and the more you can enjoy it. So, yeah, n- like know what you want and then surrender mm. a little bit. And it's, you know, it's a it's a bit of a struggle for me and I'm certainly trying. But it's, yeah, finding... Um, yeah, bloody well enjoying it. You could be dead tomorrow, as my dad would say. Yep. So the small <laughs> things are the big things. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. I know it's getting towards the end of the year. So the power hour, you know, and it's summer and it's, you know, sunshine at 5 a.m. People are like, power hour, I'm here for it. But I know it's getting dark and it's getting cold. But I hope that you're still, you know, uh, making the most of your morning magic. And yeah, thanks for listening to the show. Remember, you can rate, you can review. Please share it. Let us know if you are going to try Angela's gratitude list challenge have an awesome week see ya bye bye hey it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.